Wall Street Book Club. Evan Jefferson, brother, much love. Educating, elevating, because in knowledge is the power and we'll never give it up. Literature's for the masses. Where to put your money down? I how to watch your assets. Yeah, uplifting others is a passion. My brother Evan, he will turn it into action. New Black Wall Street Book Club. You should come read with come us. us. Yeah, we comprehend and discuss. Yeah. We all just come together. There's no limit for us. It comes your host, New Black Wall Street. Evan, take it away. New Black Wall Street Book Club. <clears throat> Grand rising to you, billionaires. Thanks so much for joining us here today on the New Black Wall Street Book Club, where black folk do read. You put in a book, we absolutely will find it. I'm your host, ERGJ, your certified financial educator, CEO of ERGJ Enterprises, ERGJ Black Bazaar, and international best-selling author of the book, The Black Billionaires Club. It's a study of black wealth, a study of the 12 richest black people in the world today and how they built their wealth. And I just believe that if you want to be wealthy, you should study wealthy people. Well, that book has just now been released also in French. So you can pick it up in uh, as a French uh, in French ebook or audio book. Man, we don't put that thing out into 29 different countries so we can make sure we reach our people, our brothers and sisters in the diaspora. Of course, you can go check out that book by picking by simply going to www.theblackbillionairesclub.com www.theblackbillionairesclub.com. You can find that in the description above or below. Also, we're broadcasting right here on Facebook Live and across to our podcast, and you can support, uh, subscribe and support to our podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes, improve financial literacy within our community, and build, ultimately build, the school of wealth. Here's the deal, people. We got to stop complaining about what they're not doing for us when we can do it for ourselves. And we simply practice group economics by pulling our resources together and building what it is that we want. Well, we're looking to build the school of wealth. Go ahead and subscribe and support our podcast today. Now, go ahead and let us know where you're connected from. Again, if you're joining us live here, let us know where you're connected from. We're broadcasting right here from ERGJ Studios in Decatur, Georgia. That's right, Decatur, where it's greater. And this is time. To get into our lesson number 16, we're reading through the book, How Rich People Think. That's right, How Rich People Think by Mr. Steve Seibold. Now, Steve Seibold says this on the back. His quote is that the secret, the secret is not in the mechanics of money. It's not. The secret is, a, is in the level of thinking that generates it. How you think changes your bank account. Now, once you learn to embrace this, your earning potential is limitless. Everybody put in the console unlimited. Your earning potential is unlimited once you embrace the understanding that my money, my income is tied to my thoughts. What you think about, you bring about. What you think about, you bring about. Thanks so much for joining us here this morning here. Phyllis George in the house, Mary Jefferson, Vivian Reeves in the house, Ryan Scott from Fort Worth, Vivian from Brooklyn, New York. Go ahead and hit the like button and share button if you enjoy what we're doing. Hey, you know, you know, more, more of our brothers and sisters need to be reading more. Readers or leaders. Let's get right into the chapter 16 today. Let you know what time it is, billionaires. Let's read. <laughs> uh, the middle class sees money as a finite resource. Sees money as a finite resource. The world class sees money as an infinite resource. Again, the middle class sees money as a finite resource. The world class sees money as an infinite resource. So finite versus infinite. Where do you stand on that? J.P. Wags in the house. Thanks so much for joining us. Rialto, California, brother on the West Coast. West side till I die. 
uh, Anthony Davis and uh, Anthony Simmons house from Dallas, Texas, the South Side. South Side, till I die. <laughs> Let's read, guys. The average person believes there's a limited amount of money and that they need to struggle and fight for their share before someone else gets it. They live in a world of fear and scarcity that says money is hard to make and harder to keep. Now, before you guys started watching ERGJ, you might have thought that. That money is hard to make, it's hard to keep. And as long as you keep thinking that, well, it's going to be hard for you to make it. And it's going to be hard for you to keep it. I don't know about you, but money is easy for me to make. And it's easy. And it's easy to keep. Because I've changed how I think about money. I've changed my habits when it comes to money. I've learned how to keep more of what I make. So changing your thought. Due to the years of middle-class programming, their negative and limiting relationship with money almost guarantees that they'll never accumulate more than a modest net worth. Once again, the rich occupy the opposite side of the spectrum. Although most of them are had the same middle-class fear-based programming in childhood, somewhere, everybody putting on so somewhere, somewhere along the way, they were able to reprogram their beliefs and develop a healthy relationship with money. Somewhere on the road, they were able to reprogram their beliefs and develop a healthy relationship with money. The rich understand money flows from ideas. And since ideas are limitless, money is limitless. Since ideas are unlimited and money flows from ideas, therefore money must be unlimited. So while the masses are directing their mental energy towards grabbing as much as they can, the great ones are focused on creating new ideas that have the potential of generating abundant wealth. Here's my question to you, billionaires, billionaires in training. When are you going to start giving your ideas some energy? When are you going to start creating some new ideas that have the potential of bringing you gener of generating you of generating for yourself some wealth. Here's the interesting thing that I found in life: that we all have ideas. We all get ideas. The difference is those who execute on those ideas versus the ones who let those ideas pass them by. Don't believe in the idea. Don't think it's a good idea. For some strange reason, we don't believe in our own ideas that come to us. There's other people say, well, it might be a crazy idea, but I'm going to try it anyway. I mean, I, 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 let me wear a hat. Let me put on a necklace anyway. Let me wear a dashiki anyway. Ain't nobody else really doing it. Must be a crazy idea, but guess what? I'm going to try it anyway. And it's something about the person who says, I'm going to try it anyway. Regardless of what society says, because society wants you to be just like everybody else. But how many of you guys know it's only the few who step outside of the box of this thing we call society who actually are different and we realize that differences make a difference. Why would I pay you the same as I pay everybody else when you're different? Think about that for a second. Well, whatever you do, why should you get paid the same as everybody else who does what you do if you're different? For example, Anthony Sims here, I believe, right? And uh, he is into insurance. But the thing that makes him different is that he's an insurance educator. 
which I appreciate. I called Anthony Sims last week because my mom is thinking about doing some different things with her insurance, her, her life insurance, and he educated her. He didn't sell her on anything. He didn't say, hey, I'm going to teach you. I'm going to help you learn about this thing called your life insurance so you can make an educated decision for yourself, whether that's with me or somebody else. Does that make them different? Yes. Here's my question. As it relates to what it is that you do, what makes you different? What makes you stand out? Why should you get paid more than everybody else that does the same thing that you do? What makes you different? Right? Use your difference. I like that, J.P. Watkins. Use your difference to make a difference. The rich use money to fuel their passions and bring their dreams to life. It's not the money they crave. It's living life on their terms without the interference of others. The middle class have always criticized the world class for being greedy or ruthless and materialistic, and there is a segment of successful people that fits this description, known as the upper class. These people are driven by blind ambition and killer instinct. If you get in their way, they'll run you over without hesitation. But the world class is different. The world class is spirit-centered, and they are, are, they are among the most caring, compassionate people. These are the folks who provide the majority of the funding for the great charities and the nonprofit causes. They know how to use money to improve or advance anything they care about. The reason they aren't afraid to give is they know money is an infinite supply. The re if they need more, they simply use their minds to create more. If you need more, simply use your mind to create more. If you need more money, simply use your mind to create more money. Everybody put guys on use my mind. Use your mind to create more. Welcome to the world of the self-made rich, a world they create with their minds, a world of unlimited abundance. If they can do it, why can't you? If they can do it, why can't you? Great questions to ask this morning. Lesson 16, the middle class sees money as a finite resource. The world class see money, sees money as an infinite resource. Here's a rich resource from today from Christopher Jar Jarvis and David B. Mandel. The book says, The Wealth Secrets of the Affluent, Keys to Fortune Building and Asset Protection. Now, here on the New Black Wall Street Book Club, we don't just read to read. We read to apply. Not only do we read, but we think, and then after we think, we do. So here's our critical thinking question of the day. Here's where we start losing people. <laughs> now, we got to think. I was cool with you reading, but now I got to think. In the comments below, I'd like for you to answer this question. In the comments below, answer this question as it relates to what we've discussed today. Do you believe there that since, do you believe that since there's an infinite supply of ideas, your earning potential is unlimited? Do you believe? That since there's an infinite supply of ideas, your earning potential, potential, is unlimited. What do you believe? What do you believe? Since there's an infinite supply of ideas, do you believe that your earning potential is also unlimited? Anthony Sims said, I believe that. <laughs> I do believe that. Shoot, I can go out here and get as much as I want. 
Obviously, there's some work involved. There's some execution involved. There's some effort. There's some organization. There's some focus. There's some things that are involved. But uh, do you believe that? Since there's an infinite supply of ideas that your earning potential is unlimited. Brian Scott said, I absolutely believe that. Ain't nothing stopping me but my thinking. <laughs> uh, absolutely, said Vivian Reed. Yes, wealth is created. Your imagination is infinite. Thus, the potential is also, says J.P. Watkins. Earning potential and ideas. So if we, if, we, if we say that's true for those that believe that, then wouldn't it, wouldn't it make sense then if we really want to earn more money, if we're having this problem in this area where we want more money, that we would uh, take some time to go into our creative space and come up with some more ideas? Uh, wouldn't that also say that, man, maybe I need to you know, you know, silence the noise in my life so I can think? Uh, maybe I need to turn the TV off so I can think and I can find me some more ideas that I can work on? Uh, maybe I need to turn off the radio so I can think, so I can go into my mind and come up with these great ideas that I can give me some more money. Let me ask you this. What's stopping you? What's your biggest distraction? What's the thing that consumes your time, which takes away the time that you have to simply think? What's that for you? What's your advice? What's the thing that captures your attention the most and it keeps you from simply thinking? Coming up with ideas that you can use to get rich. We said there's no limit. There's no limit to the ideas. Well, why am I getting more ideas? Why am I getting unlimited ideas every day? Why am I not recognizing them? Why am I not capturing those ideas? What is it that's distracting you, that's taking up your time, that simply is a waste of time, that now is not giving you, that you now you are wasting that time that you could be using to go find to discover, to search for, to uncover ideas that comes from you thinking. Ray Hall said, man, Facebook, big distraction for me. I like it. I love being on it, scrolling up the timeline, but, uh, you know, I, I might not need to do five hours. I might need to just do two. And I use the other three to think, find these ideas use these ideas that, that, that now I'm in my thinking space, my creative space. Uh, the good universe is, is, is bringing to me some problems that I can solve. And then I go solve those problems, I get rich. What's that for you? What's the distraction that's keeping you from thinking? Now, for some of us, we're too busy to think. Let's just keep it real. Let's just be honest this morning. We want to carve out some time, but we don't simply we simply don't make the time. Although we all have 24 hours a day, some of us use our time so much chasing money that we don't take any time to think. Part-time job, full-time job, kids, uh, side hustle, no time to think. I mean, thinking, who does that? I stopped thinking when I got out of school. I mean, who does that now? I mean, I'm 35 years old, 40 years old. Why do I need to think? I just need to do. No. Then once you got done with the working, now you got the playtime. You got the concerts. You got the Facebook. You got the social media. You got everything vying for your attention. Here's my question. Are you going to start giving attention to your ideas? These ideas that can help you build wealth, these ideas that can help you get out of debt, these ideas that can help you get more money, 
these ideas that can take you to the unlimited space. That says inspiration can't come from your distractions. I aren't disciplined enough to record. Oh, look at that. Record those inspirations for future plans of action. So again, it's nothing wrong with being on Facebook. I, I'm not saying that at all, right? If we're on Facebook and you know a meme comes by, it's like, wow, that was powerful. Man, that's awesome. And it makes you think for a second, you think like, oh man. But if you don't do anything with it, it came across your pathway, it came across your eyesight. You said, man, that's a good meme. That's a good thing. I thought y'all agree with that, but you don't do anything with it. Ron Scott said, poor time management, wife, kids, work works balances off. As he said, I keep a notebook by my bed and desk. So when inspiration hits, I can record it. That's a great, that's a great thing. How many guys got a journal? You got something you can keep so you can record these beautiful, wonderful, unlimited. Uh, million dollar, billion dollar ideas that come across your path. And I believe they actually come across your path every day. There's some that say, hey, you might get four good ideas in a year. I don't think so. I think you get way more than that. Now, I don't think that we do a good job of capturing those ideas, but I, think we, I think we find problems that we can solve in this community and this thing called society each and every day. Because here's how I know, because we'll complain about it. If you complain about anything, that means that you found a problem. The question is, do you then take what you complained about? I don't like this. I don't like that. Man, it shouldn't be like this. It shouldn't be this way. All the stuff that you complained about, that means that you found a problem. Here's the thing. Do you then take that and say, okay, well, let's try to figure out a solution to this thing. And in order for you to figure out a solution to the problem that you complained about, that means that you need what? Some new ideas. Everybody putting guns on new ideas. In order for you to fix the problem that you complain about, that's going to require some new ideas how many of us get to the place of solution of looking for solutions easy to spot the problem sometimes it takes that extra step for those those few to say you know what i'm going to figure out how to solve this problem here's our action step of the day guys not only do we uh, read not only do we think but we do that's the difference that's the difference. Some people do, most people won't. <laughs> Here's your action step, guys. Make a list of the five major beliefs you have you have about money that you know, that you know are true, and challenge the validity of each one. This is interesting. Let's do one. Make a list of the five. So this in comments will make uh, just sh share one major belief that you have about money that you know is true, and then challenge the validity of that belief. Uh-oh, now you got to challenge. Wow, this is going to be interesting. Oh, this is going to take, take some work. So I'm going I'm 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 to say something that I believe to be true about money, and then I have to actually challenge my own belief. Whoo, that's tough. <laughs> wow, I got to challenge what I believe about what I believe. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Man said, I use uh, notebooks in my car, dancing beside my bed. I happen to be out somewhere, and it comes to me. I will put it in my phone and a note app. Can't afford to let ideas go go by any longer. And I made a decision for myself. I, I basically, I promised to God I would never, about five years ago, I said, I'll never let another good idea pass me by. So some people, I just talked to a lady earlier today. She said, how do you do it all? I said, let me go to work. 
I simply use my time to go to work on the things that the ideas that come across my path. Do I work on them all until execution is complete? No, but I give them time and energy because I start to realize which ones I can work on, which ones I need help on, which ones are not really good ideas or not good idea for right now, all this type of stuff. I start evaluating stuff. But this is tough here. Make a list. Okay, a, a, a list. What's a major belief that I have about money that I know to be true? Huh? But that I know to be true. This is interesting. <laughs> tough. This is tough. Okay, so one thing that I know to be true about money is that, huh, money I, I would say that money is easy. It's, it's it, it seems like it's, it's it's easy to get money now. Like I've never, I, I, I think I know be true, and I would say true is that it's it seems to be easier for me to get money than to actually keep the money that I get, or to earn money than to actually keep it, because it seems like it's so easy to spend, right? I mean, I mean, I think about it, man, you work hard for that money. I mean, I, <laughs> you might put in forty hours for a check, and you can spend that check in four minutes. <laughs> <laughs> easy. I think it's easy to earn. I think it's hard to keep. And if I challenge that idea, then it really isn't hard to keep as long as I create the habits of what to do with the money before I spend it, which means I budget, which means I have an expense tracker of some sort that says, you know what, here's what I'm going to do with the money that comes into my hand before it comes into my hand. I know where it's going. If I have a destination for every dollar that comes into my hand, no longer is it hard to keep. It becomes easy to manage. Woo! It becomes easy to manage because I set a destination for every dollar that comes into my hand before it comes into my hand. So Ray Hall said, man, one of the beliefs that she said that money is the root of all evil. Uh-oh. So Ray Hall, is that true? If you challenge that belief, if you believe that to be true, now if you challenge that belief, the validity of that belief, is that true? That money is the root of all evil. Oh, I got to see what you say about that. This is interesting. I love that one. Mary Jefferson, I believe money helps to relieve stress. It may not end it all, but the one with money isn't as stressed as the one without it. Now, challenging that idea, huh? Money helps to relieve stress. This is interesting. <laughs> Challenge that belief. Vivian said, working for someone limits your money. Your ownership money is unlimited growth potential. All right? So again, just one. I mean, he said make a list of five, but we're just doing one for this show. Uh, a, a belief that you have about money that you know is true. And then challenge the validity of that belief. So the validity of money is the root of all evil. How valid is that? How true really is that? Right? Um, Mary, you said that, that really money helps to relieve stress. Money helps to relieve stress. Now, here's how I can challenge that. I'm a cha I'm a, maybe I'm going to be the challenger today because y'all might type slow. 
So money is the root of all evil, right? So, so money is the root of all evil. So money, you're basically we're saying that, what, what are you saying? If you have money, you're evil. Or if you don't have money, you're not evil. If money is the root of all evil, so every evil person um, has money. I don't think that would be true. I think I know some evil people who don't have money. They call criminals. <laughs> so, so they do evil things like steal because they don't have money. So is money itself the root of all evil? Or is it your conditioning to that money? What some people call what the Bible says, the love of money. Being that you love money so much that you're willing to do anything, even if it means despicable stuff, even if it means stealing, killing, destroying, you're willing to do whatever it takes for the dollar. A little bit different than money itself or the love of money. Mary say, I believe money helps relieve stress. It helps, I guess, I don't know. I think breathing helps relieve stress. I think resting helps relieve stress, right? I, I, I think uh, you know, uh, silencing the noise in your life helps relieve stress. Me, money itself, I don't know. Having it obviously is good because it may be the stress about money itself, but stress itself, no, I don't think so. The stress about money, yeah, but stress itself, no. Now, you may say, well, most people have stress about money. Well, they got stress about other things as well. For example, I just overbooked uh, my, 27, my April 27th event, and I'm like, man, I got to figure out how I'm going to be able to cancel one or whatever. So I'm not really stressed about the money. I'm really just kind of, I was a little anxious about, man, is this going to work out how I want it to work out, right? Is money going to help me relieve that stress? No. <laughs> a resolution will. So let's see here. Uh, J.P. Walker said, what, some would say lack of money is the root of all most evil. Access to money shapes our communities. Oh, this is good. What's going on, Yousef from Cameroon? Thanks so much for joining. Hey, the Black Beavers Club book is now available in French. Uh, bonjour, Monsieur. Bonjour, Bonjour, Monsieur. Yes, uh, see, we. Oui. <laughs> Access to money shapes our communities. Huh? C.L. Taylor now challenged that the validity of that belief. Access to money shapes our communities. Hmm. Huh? Access to money shapes our communities. Oh, Lord. So Vivian said, money is wasted on the foolish. Access to money shapes our communities. Is that true? Well, is that, okay, so change the validity of that. So now what, are you just talking about American communities or communities as, as, a, as a low? Because there are a lot of communities that money is not really the big thing. You know, when we think about, when we think about rural communities, they're not, it's not about, I mean, it, money doesn't really shape their communities. It's agriculture. Now, we could say resources shapes our communities, and money is just one of those resources, but money itself, if that's the definition or however you would put it, is not necessarily the end-all, be-all of shaping our community or shaping a community. Resources, maybe so, because if I live near the water, then my community is going to be shaped around the water. If I live in the forest, my community will be shaped about around the forest. I live, have a tree-like community. 
Okay. So Ryan Scott said, I believe the whole universe and entire mankind is conspiring to make me prosperous and abundant with money. <laughs> he said, man, I believe that to be true. Now, I don't know if we're going to challenge that one, but he said, hey, that would he believe the whole universe and entire mankind is conspiring to make him prosperous and abundant with money. I don't know how I'm going to challenge that one. <laughs> so this is like a little exercise. We say, man, what is this that I believe about money? And if I challenge myself, on my own thoughts, if I'm willing to do that, will I be, will I be able to say, um, will I then be able to say that maybe there's some uh, uh, there's little some differences here if I challenge my own thoughts? Everybody put it down, so challenge myself. Challenge yourself. Challenge your thinking. This is how you take your thinking to another level, by challenging your own thinking. Now, most people are not willing to do this. Most people say, this is the way I am as if they're gonna always stay the way that they are. But no, we realize that as you change the ways you think, you change your life, you realize that I can challenge my own thinking if I have the courage to do it, say, okay, this is how I think, but let me challenge that. Let me see if that's really uh, accurate. Let me see if, that, if there's some other things that's in this thing that I'm thinking about that I believe to be true. And you begin to level up in your thinking. You see how that works? You're challenging yourself. Not that you want to be challenged by other people, right? Because that's a little daunting, right? When other people challenge you, you want to fight. You want to go on the defense. You want to stand up for what you believe in. But what about when you challenge yourself? Ooh, Lord. When you challenge yourself, when you ain't fighting nobody but yourself. You your new self fighting your old self. Who going to win when you challenge yourself? So I think you and I, we should become better at challenging ourselves challenging our own thoughts, challenging our own beliefs, and questioning or, or looking at the validity of that which we say we believe. Here's our billion-dollar quote of the day from Wallace D. Waddles. He says this, every person who gets rich by creation opens a way for thousands to follow and inspires them to do so. Every person who gets rich by creation, get rich by creation. Get rich by creation. Opens a way for thousands to follow. You know what? Nowadays, I would say opens up the way for millions to follow. And also inspires them to do so. Why? Because if I can do it, so can you. You can get rich by creation. I can get rich by creation. We can get rich by creation. Ideas are unlimited. And so is our earning potential if we believe in the unlimited. The less you own, the more you are controlled. This <laughs> is the New Black Wall Street Book Club where black folk do read. You put in a book. We absolutely will find it. We've been going through the book, How Rich People Think by Steve Seibel, Lesson 16, Money Class, uh, Middle Class Sees Money as a Finite Resource, World Class Sees Money as an Infinite Resource. We ask that you subscribe and support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help us sustain future episodes, improve financial literacy within our community, and build, ultimately build, the School of Wealth. You can find that link in the comments below, above or below. Also, we invite you to join the Black Billionaires Club. 
It's a club of, of the club of brothers and sisters who are serious about winning with money, serious about success, and super serious about helping you, helping you to build, to acquire your goals. I mean, to acquire your dreams and to build, to build your dreams and acquire your goals, accomplish your goals. I right, simply go to www.dblackbillionairesclub.com, www.dblackbillionairesclub.com. While you're there, you can check out the book. The Black Billionaires Club, which is available in English and now in French. Bonjour, monsieur. <laughs> Merci beaucoup. <laughs> I'm learning. <laughs> hey, guys, this is ERGJ, man. Thanks so much for joining us here today on the New Black Wall Street Book Club. I want you to remember this, that it takes a village, and it starts with us. Let's build. And as we build, guys, let's challenge ourselves and our thinking. Let's challenge ourselves in our thinking because we understand that as we think higher, as we think better, everything gets better. We all we got, people. We all we need. And guess what? That's more than enough. You guys have a wonderful weekend. Until next episode, you know what time it is, Mr. DJ. Hit the music. New Black Wall Street Book Club with your host Evan Jefferson. Evan Jefferson. It's time for us to go. Yeah. Now you ain't got to leave the computer, but we encourage you to get out there and learn and apply all the things you learn at the New Black Wall Street Book Club. Book Club. Yeah. New Black Wall Street. The new Black Wall Street. Book club, book club.